your girl Rebecca. And Lily. And you're listening to Just Booly Things. Hey, Boo Things, and welcome back to Just Ghouly Things, the quarantine spooky story special, episode 21. And we are your beautiful hosts, Rebecca and Lily. Hey! So I hope you guys are doing well. And I I was just telling Lily, I was like, uh, let's start at 11. And then I realized that I started the washer and dryer like 30 minutes ago and so I'm like all right this is smart (laughs) I didn't think that one through because I went for a run before we recorded and I just didn't put two and two together and this is what happens when your brain isn't stimulated the way it should be normally so yeah Mike just texted me he goes that washing machine isn't too loud question mark question mark (laughs) but I I did a sound check real quick and it's good and I actually think it just ended so perfect timing Oh, beautiful. Yeah. All right. So um, let's just rehash the whole uh, Ooh, the giveaway thing. Giveaway? Yes. Uh, Lily, do you want to describe the giveaway this time? Because I always feel like I'm so repetitive. So we are working with an author named James Allen Ross to give away two of his books in his uh, line of books, The Haunting of Dylan Claypool. And we will also be giving away some stickers. Who doesn't love stickers? And then the rules are, what are the rules? Let's see. Uh, You have to like and comment our post on our Instagram um, and do the same thing on his post on his Instagram. And when you comment, tag two friends. Mm -hmm. And And follow both of us. And you got to follow both of us. Oh, right. Yep. So at Just Gooly Things Podcast and at James Allen Ross. J-A-M-E-S-A-L-A-N-R-O-S-S. James Allen Ross. (laughs) But yeah, and like we've said before, I mean, he's an amazing author. Um, I'm currently halfway through his second book right now, and it just sucks me in. Like, Mike and I are having, like, a reading competition right now. He's, like, reading some other book, and then I'm reading this book. And ours is like, and like we have about the same amount of pages. So every day we like check in, we're like, how many pages are you in? And he's like, I think on page like fifty something, and I'm on page two hundred something. <laughs> and he's like, how are you reading that fast? And I'm like, I just am so sucked in that like I don't lose focus. Like I just read straight yeah. through the book because you feel like you're in the story itself. So. Um, yeah, so, you know, try to win yourself a pair of books, but if you don't, still support uh, our boo things out there and check him out. The, he probably has a link on his inst- in his uh, Instagram bio that you can purchase his books at. Yep. And I feel like we should also, while we're talking about one of our boo things and supporting, and supporting him, um, mm-hmm. if you have a business that, you know, you would like us to promote, you know, you guys do so much for us that, you know, the least we could do is promote you guys back. If you have a product or a business that you want to have shouted out on our show, email us at justghoulythingspodcast at gmail.com. And let's try to work together. You know, we definitely love all the support you give us, and we just want to do the same. Yeah. All right. So um, do you want to get started with the stories? Let's do it. All right. All right. This one is called My Uncle's Creepy Truck Driving Story. Mm Mm-hmm. It says, I originally posted this on Creepy Encounters, but I thought it was, re- but I think it was removed because more people thought it would go better here in Paranormal. This is my uncle's story. I'm sorry if it's poorly written. I've written it down while he was telling it to me in real time. 
My name is, okay, here we go. It says, my name is Rick Martinez, and I am a retired truck driver. This happened when I was like 30 years old. I am now 62. On the road, I've seen many strange things. I've told the story over and over. A lot of people still don't believe me. But it starts off in Stockton, California, where I picked up a load of pipe. My, <laughs> my destination was in Salt Lake City, Utah. Sorry, that could be sexual. <laughs> Child. <laughs> I'm such a kid. Okay. My destination was Salt Lake City, Utah. Um, I was supposed to refuel in Barstow, California at a truck stop, but lo and behold, they were out of fuel. So I, so I told my supervisor, hey, I got like half a tank of fuel. He told me to continue and hit the first truck stop I saw. So 100 miles into Nevada, nothing but desert. Seen, seen nothing but sparsely lit desert with a couple of towns. When I noticed my gauge set was reading empty, and I'm thinking it, and I'm thinking to myself, that's not right. So I took the first exit I saw and pulled over. Told my supervisor, who was right behind me, an hour away, that I was afraid to continue on the run, on on and run the tanks dry. So he told me to sit still, and he would be by in an hour, and we could siphon some of the fuel from his tanks into mine. So I sat there, and I noticed that it was a small town with sparse lighting. As I sat there, I couldn't run the engine, so I couldn't listen to the radio, so I sat there in silence. I don't do drugs, and I didn't make this up, so listen carefully. As I'm sitting there, I notice a lot of undone construction in a trailer park to my right, completely dark, and a church off to my left, about a block away with its lights on. It's about 2 a.m., and I see this jackrabbit hopping around my truck. It hops around and just stares at me and keeps hopping around. So I'm getting hungry, and I notice what looks to be a convenience store another block away from the church. So I get off the truck, and I decide to walk to the store. While I'm walking, I hear, I keep hearing this dog howling like it's in pain. As I'm passing the church, the two doors are wide open, and I hear clapping like they're having services. As I pass the church, I look inside, and there's no one except for this skinny old white man reading from the Bible and talking about hell. I don't linger too long, and I pass the church. Then I heard the clapping again. About then, the dog starts howling again. I notice there's a bunch of empty houses on this street that goes uphill. I still am making my way towards what I think is a little mini-mart. All the time, the dog keeps howling. All the lights are on. As I go inside, I see this little old lady with glasses is reading a book. There's hardly anything in this store. Maybe a few cans of food, a couple bags of chips, only water in the refrigerators. The whole time, the lady didn't even pick her head up from the book. So I grab a water, grab chips, because I'm hungry as hell and there's nothing to eat. So I ask the lady, is this all you have and where is everybody at? She told me everybody moved out and new construction was supposed to begin like six months ago. She didn't say anything after that, so I paid her and walked out and started walking back towards the truck. The whole time the dog is still howling. So as I get closer towards the church, I looked up the street toward, I looked up the street. Okay, one second. Something, there's a glitch here. A glitch? Ooh. Okay. Houses on both sides of the street are boarded up and dark. I saw a house with the lights on, with about a five-foot fence. When I looked over the fence, I was in shock. What I saw was a man in his underwear with a chain attached to his neck on all fours, howling. The hair on my arms and neck stood up as I saw this other man burst through the back door and kicked the man on all fours and was yelling at him to shut up. He ran into a doghouse. I was in shock and turned and ran back down the hill to my truck. 
As I passed the church, both doors still wide open, but there was no lights on anymore, and I can still hear the clapping. Finally, I made it to my truck, called my supervisor, and told him what I saw. I told him, hurry and get here so I can leave. My supervisor asked, what exit were you talking about? And I told him, and he said, oh, I passed that. So he had to turn around and come back to get me. So I'm sitting there, and the rabbit is still hopping around my truck. I, it, it stopped and looked up at me as I'm sitting in my truck. I'm not saying the rabbit said it, but this is what I heard. Leave. <laughs> Imagine the rabbit just like, get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out. You're in the wrong neighborhood, motherfucker. <laughs> you messed with the wrong jackrabbit. <laughs> I rolled up the window and waited for my supervisor, who showed up five minutes later. I told my supervisor what happened, and he just laughed at me and told me I'm going to have to drug test you. I did not sleep on that whole trip to Utah until I got to Salt Lake City. Believe it or not, I swear this is what happened, where I heard the howling from. I decided to go see for myself why the dog was howling. House is on... What the fuck? Okay, so he must have copied and pasted this. That's the end of the story. Believe it or not, I swear this is what happened. That is... The fucking weirdest story I have ever heard and the weirdest way to open up this episode. I know! Like, what? Like, do you think he encountered some demonic sort of practice? Or, like, what? Like, what do you think? I, I... I don't even know. I, what, what's freaking me out is the church that's operating at 2 a.m. Right? That's where I'm getting, it's like... Mm, I'm thinking I'm thinking right. demonic rituals. That's what I'm thinking, but that's, it could just be me. I I think that that's not too much of an unpopular opinion. So, we're going to go with something spooky kooky yuki out there. <laughs> um okay. 1 to 5. 4. 4. All right. This is called Green Fairy came to visit me. So, to start off, my family is Christian and so am I. I've always been a believer since birth, and I still am. So growing up, I did some research on the spiritual realm slash world and the paranormal, but I'm still unsure about many things, including this specific event. This event took place 12 years ago, back when my family and I were living in San Diego. I was only four, but I remember everything vividly. On a sunny afternoon, I was sitting at the table in the kitchen munching on a snack while my mother was in the next room calling a friend. I had decided to crawl down and move around for reasons I can't remember. Some random movie was playing on the TV, but I didn't care much about it or the toys that were laying around, so I crawled down the hallway to my room. Now, the hallway got darker as I crawled more, but not completely dark. There weren't any lights on. I get inside my room and see my bed and small pink jump house, though in my point of view at the time, it was huge. Turn around <laughs> and see my closet. A few, minute, a few minutes or maybe even like long periods of time go by and I happen to look down to see a small woman hopping around in slow motion. She had this green glow up around her and green orbs that glowed brighter. She had wings attached to her back and was wearing a mini dress. I couldn't see her face at all. It was hidden in a way. She had shoulder-length hair that was in a style of some kind that I can't remember. I was paralyzed and couldn't believe what I was seeing. I was just totally speechless. For some reason, I thought she was laughing at me when I couldn't hear a human voice. 
It sounded like a ringing of some sort. Now, I had no idea how I did this, but immediately after, I felt like something was off about the room I was in. I tried grabbing the fairy, but I couldn't move. I turned my head and saw the room getting darker, even though it was still daytime. I then hear my mom calling my name, and I turn my head to the right and see my mother leaning on the door looking at me with her phone in hand. Surprised, I look back down to where the woman was, only to see she was not present. After my mom asked me what I was doing, opened the blinds and left the room, everything went back to normal. I was stunned and couldn't move. I was still so speechless and shook the whole event off thinking it was probably nothing. I remember this event in sixth grade and told one of my classmates about it only to be laughed at, so I said nothing else about it. Freshman year came, I know. Freshman year came and I suddenly remember it again. I tell my mother about it this time, and she told me how her aunt had been seeing something similar back when she was a young child. Her aunt saw a group of dwarves and small people dancing. They were glowing green and had green lights around them. She heard ringing, too. Now I'm a little older, and I've started searching for answers. I asked a friend who has a ghost boy living in her home about, and she said it was just a fairy. Just a fairy, you know, casual. Casual, (laughs) yeah. I have a feeling it was more than that if the room grew darker, though. I've discussed this with someone else who also had many paranormal encounters slash experiences, and they said it wasn't anything playful or friendly. I'm still very unsure about what it really was. Does anyone have any idea what this was? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I think it was a fairy. Just checking in, maybe. I would love to do an episode on, like, mythological or like um not mythological like just like fairy tale sort of things like that because yeah. i feel like people have had experiences yeah. with them but you don't hear anything recent like this we had that one story a while ago um it was in the shed and they were from sweden i think yes the yes the, from sweden what was it, the gnomes? Said gnomes yeah. yeah that's so true i forgot about that story and that was only like three days ago Yeah, the days are running together. They really are. It's just yesterday, today, and tomorrow. No actual words or names to these days anymore. Okay, what's your next story? Okay. So I have a collection of stories called Stories That Happened at My Parents' House in the Philippines. Hi, guys. I just want to share a series of paranormal experiences we had in my parents' house inside our compound. These events happen with different people at, and at different times in the house. I apologize in advance if my English isn't good, mainly because it is not my first language. See, they say that, and then the, their English is always fine, usually. It's always, the, and their grammar and their punctuations are better than people that speak English. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Okay. So just to give you a background, we live in a closed compound with a four-car garage and five houses. My parents' house is situated in the middle. My material aunt's, my material, my maternal aunt's, <laughs> I can't, I'm illiterate, guys. My maternal aunt's house is to the right of their house. A vacant house is used as a storage for junk to the far right for my parents' house. To the left of their house is a rented apartment, and to the far left is another apartment where I started to occupy since last year, 2019. Story one, the mimic or skinwalker or whatever you want to call it. 2006, I was in my second year of high school. My paternal aunt with her kids was renting out the ground floor of my parents' house. Back then, the two-story house was divided in two. The first and second floor aren't connected, so the ground floor was rented out. The only way to access the second floor, the space me, my sister, maternal aunt, and her kid live in, is through a staircase at the side of the house. 
It was a hot afternoon, and I was heading out to the store. I went inside my paternal aunt's floor to ask my cousin if he wanted to go with me. Take note that that only my cousin was in the house since my aunt was at work. I checked his room to ask if he wanted to come with me, but then I didn't proceed because I heard someone taking a bath in the CR. I guess that means bathroom. I I was going to say, I'm assuming that's a bathroom. (laughs) Note that the floor area is only about 70 square meters to about 80 square meters. Thus, you can hear everything inside. I decided to proceed to the store without him because he was taking a bath. When I got back after 10 minutes he was sitting on the on the porch playing guitar i told him that i was supposed to invite him to go to the store with me but he was taking a bath he was deliberately surprised and told me that he wasn't taking a bath because he had just woken up he swore that he just woke up i thought he was just messing with me but then i examined his face and realized he probably wasn't because his face looks like someone who just woke up i still puffy then in 2007 it was around 4:45 to 5 o'clock p.m when i got home from school I got up the staircase leading to the door, but my but to my dismay, the door was locked. I kept knocking, but, but unfortunately, there was no one answering. I waited for a good 10 minutes, then decided to ask the, uh, the tenants in apartments 1, 2, and 3 if my mom left the house key because this is what they usually do whenever no one is left at home. I went to apartment 1, and they told me no one left the key in their custody, same as apartments 2 and 3. I asked them what time they left. Around 2 p.m., replied our tenant. I was irritated because I was forced to wait at the door for them without even knowing what time they'll get home. So I went back to the door and just decided to sit down in front of the doorstep. Click. The door opened. Yeah. I was a bit surprised to see my maternal aunt opening the door to the hallway. It was a three-meter hallway to get to the dining and living area. She opened the door without any word and then turned around to go back to the dining area. She was wearing a pink sleeveless shirt and shorts, her favorite pair. She got to the sofa and just sat there without doing anything, just sat there with her head bowed down. I paid no mind to it because I'm thinking maybe she's still sleepy. I asked her, where is my sister? And and I got no response. God, no. I checked, yeah. I checked the kitchen. Rice was cooking in the rice cooker, and there was a freshly cooked adobo in the wok. Weird, I thought, since she looks like she just woke up. I decided to go into my room and do schoolwork. It was 7 p.m., and I heard my parents' car go in the garage. I got out of my room and saw my maternal aunt get out of the get out of the door. Sorry, there's some, like, grammar stuff here. Okay, so my aunt got out of the door to the staircase wearing the pink shirt and shorts. After a few seconds, my mom opened the door and got in the house. She asked me where my aunt was, so I told her, didn't you just see her? My mom told me she and her kid went to the mall with my sister. I thought she was kidding. At 10 p.m., my aunt got home with my sister and cousin wearing a red shirt with blue jeans carrying a department store bag. No one was home since 2 p.m. Who opened the door? Who cooked the rice in the adobo? (laughs) What the hell? Yeah. Okay. So now this is broken up into a couple more little experiences. Okay. So various random events with the mimics. 2009 was when my parents decided to build a staircase on the inside so we can gain access to the ground floor. My paternal aunt moved to the farthest apartment to the right at this time, so the ground floor was also vacant. We moved the kitchen, dining room, and living room to the ground floor. My maternal aunt is still living with us in the same house. 
there are times when all of us are eating at the dining room table and have and having lunch on weekends where we hear footsteps on the second floor. Sometimes when everyone is laughing at the dinner table, we hear a laugh coming from the second floor as well. No. No, ma'am. There are times when my aunt was calling to my sister to come to the kitchen and we'll hear a response from the second floor with the same voice as my sister, except my sister is sitting on the couch on the third floor. <laughs> my mom told me that her coworker called the house one weekday at 1 p.m. and an old man answered the phone. Take note that no one is around at 1 p.m. since everyone is at work or in school and my grandfather has been dead since 2004 and my other grandpa lives in America. What the hell? All right, and the last one. My aunt and her kid sleep on a mattress on the floor beside my parents' and sister's bed. Yep, they all share one room before she moved to the house to the right. She has experiences wherein during the night, there are times where she sees people walking outside the door. She sees them through the gap between the door and the floor. She knows it's not my parents because they are asleep. Sometimes she also sees someone standing beside my sister's bed. She sees the ghost slash someone's feet through the gap between the bed frame, through, through the gap between the bed frame and the floor. I have a lot more stories from my parents' house and other places I've been to. Some paranormal experiences and some are not. Let me know if you'd like to hear to hear more. Lately, thanks a lot to this group, I found a place to share my experiences where people wouldn't think I'm crazy or just making them all up. Cheers and stay safe. That is nuts. Like, all those experiences yeah. are fucking horrifying. I know. The laughter. Hearing someone laughing from upstairs when everyone's downstairs. Mm -hmm. Uh-uh. No. No, get out of the house. And I, okay, that would be creepy if the daughter was able to hear her own voice from upstairs. Like, you know how the mom was able to hear the daughter on the second floor, but yeah. the daughter was in the living room? Mm -hmm. I wonder if the daughter was able to hear it, too. I wonder. That would be creepy. It's Imagine so... hearing your own voice coming from... So I think there's a shapeshifter in there. Oh, hell yeah. Doppelganger, like, whatever, like... Whatever, whatever you want to call it, like that was what it is. Like the family of doppelgangers, because they also heard that old man. That may have been like the grandfather who passed away or something. Mm -hmm. Weird, weird situation. Okay, what's your next story? Okay, one, two, three, or four. Uh, uh, two, two. All right. The caption, the uh, title is: Am I being haunted? So my story starts back when I was about three or four years old. I grew up in a small, heavily Roman Catholic town, and I even went to Roman Catholic school. So the idea of angels, demons, and the afterlife were implanted in me for as long as I can remember. Growing up, I started to see something in the corner of my eye, always in our downstairs bathroom, and it was dark looking. I would always pass by as a speedy, happy-go-lucky kid and would always stop and take a double look. Nothing ever was there on my second look. As the years went by, I grew accustomed to using my peripheral vision better, and soon I was able to make out a shape that looked like a little girl. Everything but her was dark, although most like she was emitting a dark aura. Years went Ooh. by with this until I moved away to town outside of Edmonton, Alberta, and for a while I didn't see anything. But that's not the end of the tale. It slowly starts to get physical. Now, a nine-year-old lad having to say goodbye to everything I knew, I got a bit depressed lad i wasn't visiting my vis i wasn't seeing my visitor anymore but i always had a feeling like i was being watched i always put off this to paranoia 
One day I was going to take a shower. No, I never used to fully close the door so steam could escape. And the door lock is one of those ones where you have to push the doorknob in and twist it to lock. So on this particular day, I had the feeling I had to lock the door, so I did. As I finish up and turn off the water, I thought to myself, the door is going to be open. When I opened the curtain, sure enough, the door was wide open. I oh, asked my no, sis- no, 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 no. I asked my sister <laughs> if she that. had picked the lock to get in, but she was still sound asleep and my mom was gone for work already. Weird, I thought, but I tried not to think much about it. A few weeks later, I was laying in bed. Also note, we had three cats, and I felt something jump up on my bed and walk towards me. It felt like the presence of one of my cats walking on the bed, so I didn't get up to look. The next thing I knew, I felt something push on my back. Hard. Like it made my upper torso lift up. When I spun around and looked around the dark, nothing was there. The next incident I had, I'm putting off as just sleep paralysis, but I'll include it anyway. If you want to skip, just go to the next paragraph, but I'm going to read it anyway. I moved in with my dad in a small city in in Saskatchewan. I went to bed as any other night when I had this odd dream. It was me in first person as a child, maybe five or six, and I was in a dark warehouse with nothing but empty shelves and an orb of light chasing me. This light terrified me, and I knew I had to get away from it. So after running around, I decided to climb and hide on a shelf. The light went out of view from... The light of view from me and all I could hear was my rapid breathing. Suddenly the light shot up and I was looking right at and I was looking right at myself. In the dream I suddenly couldn't breathe. I woke up and still couldn't breathe or move. It felt as if something heavy was sitting on my chest. I tried to scream but nothing came out. I felt two fingers starting to go down my throat and this lasted for around thirty to forty five seconds. Uh huh. After I regained movement, I jumped up and out of bed, turned on the lights, and researched what the hell just happened. Now, move to today. I'm 26 years old. I'm starting to see things in the corner of my eye again, but when I look back, it's always gone. I feel like I'm going a bit insane, or if I brought back some trauma from childhood I didn't fully get over. Anyway, I'm sorry for the length, but I hope you at least enjoyed the read. Wow. Yeah. It's it's it makes you wonder, like. You know, he brings up a point of, like, you know, past trauma from his childhood. Like, you don't know what this person went through. But if you want to look at, like, the science of it, maybe something traumatic happened in his life that he's, like, suppressing in the back of his head. That he's now, like, he's reimagining it being a little girl or something. Yeah. For whatever that means, whatever the significance or symbolism is in his head. But that's just, like, a weird story. Especially it's when he's... Kooky, kooky, ooky. Yeah. It's either that or we have another ghost cat on our hands. Another ghost cat. Well, this cat must be a huge freaking cat because he literally felt the pressure of his upper torso being lifted up from that push. So, yeah. I, I mean, my cats are pretty stubborn, but they've never had that <laughs> type of force on me. So, I don't know. That was just a weird scenario right there. All right. Okay. This one is called, Is My Girlfriend Possessed? Hi, guys. I'm looking for some advice regarding something strange that happened the other night with my girlfriend. Pretext. I have always had a strange feeling that I am being watched by something in my girlfriend's house. For example, the light will flicker when I'm alone in her bedroom and have actually blown out three times whilst it's just me in the room. No other lights in the house have had any issues. I also frequently suffer from sleep paralysis at her house. I've never had sleep paralysis in my life before this. Now. 
the other night I was asleep at my house and I was on FaceTime with my girlfriend who was who was at her house. We both fell asleep while FaceTiming. Aww. About 3.30 a.m. to 4 a.m., I woke up from my sleep, turned to my phone, and saw that I was still FaceTiming with my girlfriend. I looked at the screen closely, and I could see my girlfriend staring straight at the camera at me with a blank and slightly angry look on her face, her eyes wide open. I tried to call out to her, but she did not respond. This went on for about five minutes. It scared the absolute crap out of me. During this, my bedroom was absolutely freezing. I called out to her again, at which point she slowly turned away from me and faced the wall, still not saying anything. This no. Is creepy. When she turned away, my bedroom was no longer cold, and I couldn't sleep for another hour after she turned away. When I finally did fall asleep, I woke up, and she was in the exact same position as when I fell asleep. In the morning, I spoke to her about this, and she said she had no recollection of, of what happened at all. She thought she, she thought I was trying to scare her, and I made it up. She then said that she had a nightmare that night that she got possessed, and the dreams, and she said the dreams happened a few times over the past couple of weeks. Can anyone help and provide some advice? I'm scared to sleep at her house with her. Something doesn't feel right. That your your girlfriend was definitely possessed. I don't care what anyone says. I don't need any more proof. No, no. Imagine just doing like a yeah, cute the girl's little, possessed. Like, but like stay a, with her because she seems really sweet. She stayed on with you all night. Yeah, but but like relationship goals. You're like, oh, I'm gonna like FaceTime with you till I fall asleep, so we feel like we're sleeping together. Eh. And then like you just happen to wake up at like three thirty in the morning, and she's just staring at you like, hi. Oh. <laughs> That's terrifying. That. I mean, if that were to ever happen, if. God forbid that happened where it was like Mike was FaceTiming me. I think I'd have to throw the whole boyfriend away, personally. Personally. Throw the boyfriend away, throw the phone away, throw the bed away. Throw the whole life away. Come on now. Like, just just (laughs) restart. Bleach it. Restart it. I just... That's just tainted. I don't don't like that. She needs some sage or something. Some Um, shit. Yeah. All right. One, two, or three. That was a really good story, by the way. Thank you. Uh, three. Okay. I'm noticing a lot of the stories that I chose are very, like, weird creature-like phenomena. Just saying. So this one is titled Huge Winged Creature. My husband and I own two dogs, and we walk them for an hour every evening after work. We live in a rural area, and it can be a bit creepy at night, especially when there's no moon out for some light and it's pitch dark. This happened a few weeks ago before daylight saving changed. My husband and I were on our nightly walk, as usual, on a particular dark night. We were on the most rural part of the trail, about two miles from any homes. We suddenly got an unnerving feeling, and just then, the nature went silent. The frogs completely stopped croaking, the bug noises just stopped, and it was silent. I said, that's weird, there must be a predator nearby. Seconds after I uttered those words, we heard the sound of huge wings flapping, as if something was about to land. We felt the wind power generated by this massive thing. We heard an enormous sycamore tree branch crack under the weight of this thing landing on it. I can't even describe how powerful the wings were. It was a calm, still night with no wind, and the wings had created enough force to actually make my long hair blow around. Oh, shit. We both felt the presence of something evil and menacing. We started running, and neither of us were brave enough to look back. Just then, we saw it flying overhead. It wasn't a large bird. Its words flapped. Its wings flapped in an unnatural way as it lurched upwards. 
Oh, God. My husband is a true skeptic. <laughs> my husband is a true skeptic, but couldn't rationalize or begin to explain what we had just seen. He even told his coworker and friends about it. He was downright refused to walk in that area since then. This is not the first time I've seen something in that area, though. Last summer, I saw a blacker-than-black shadow figure that looked like a large cat-human hybrid emerge from the creek and climb up the massive tree and disappear. After that, we had really bad things happen in a series of three. That's a story for another time, but my point is, is that there is something in that area. Any thoughts on what it could have been? The week it happened, I'd been telling my husband about shapeshifters, so I wondered if I attracted something. I have abilities as it is, and I've been susceptible to experiences like this, but this just really freaked us out. Ghost of a pterodactyl. Debunked. <laughs> where, I just want to know where this person lives so I know never to fucking go anywhere near there. <laughs> just asking for a friend, and that friend is me, because I never want to be anywhere near your house, lady. There's just that's, And then the fact that that's not even the, the first weird experience that they had involving some sort of weird creature form like yeah what's going on there has to be some sort of weird energy history behind there because that's just that's just not right yeah that's i want to know right. more i want to know more tell me more all right m-o-a-r more more <laughs> more all right what's your next story sugar okay this one is a bit of a long one again it's called My Grandpa is Still With Me Two Years After His Death. All right. My grandpa died very spontaneously and very fast. At least it felt like that. From the moment he had been taken to the ER to the moment the nurse told us he was gone and had been 13 hours. Five of those hours had been spent in his room waiting for him to pass. I didn't sleep for over a week. I had an exam the day after. I was regretting the fact that I only that year started visiting more often and not earlier. My grandma wasn't my grandpa wasn't like the typical papa you see on TV or hear from about about from your friends. He was cold and didn't know how to express how much he actually loved me and my brothers. He showed his love in different ways, like he named his sailboat after me. He would take us out for ice cream and actively try to get us to go somewhere when where when we visited. Yes, those can still seem like normal activities, but it was the fact that he was very silent about it. It's rare that I saw him smile, but when I did, it was always something from something that me and my brothers did. He had always been proud of my first older brother landing a great and stable job. He was very proud of my older brother when he accepted him when he was accepted into the military and was being trained to be a royal guard. He was sure to sure to come to all my performances and he, if he and if he couldn't he would get someone to record it so he could watch it. He was always filming with his little camera. I never thought about it and just smiled at the camera and made a funny face. I'm thankful for him filming almost every minor moment. Now I can look back at the moments I took for granted. But he's been with me ever since his passing. I feel him around as a calming presence when I when I start feeling down. I had to I had to go to the exam I had the day after. While sitting in the quiet hall, I suddenly started crying silently after looking at a math problem I couldn't solve. I had never been the best at math. Uh, but the whole burden of my grandpa passing, it was just too much. I didn't know how to, how to think and had trouble doing simple things like, had trouble doing simple things like adding and subtracting. Suddenly I heard something, a voice I recognized. It's okay. I'm not good at math either, either. Suddenly everything felt okay. Oh, I was mm -hmm. fine. And I stopped crying. I had heard my grandpa. Wow. At the end of the exam, 
season, I had gotten a really good grade and my teachers were very proud of me. I never told anyone that I heard from him. My grandma had been living with us for some time because she was scared of going home to an empty house. She then told me she had heard my grandpa tell her something. He had said, take the kids to Rhodes. She had started crying. Rhodes is an island in Greece my family used to go to frequently before we got into some financial trouble. My grandma and grandpa still went once a year, though. I then told her that grandpa had spoken to me, too. She then smiled softly, and we laughed at that. My grandma started going to group psychic readings. One time, the psychic said, there's an elderly man that passed recently. He says his name is, insert my grandpa's name here. He has three very beloved grandkids. One of them is a dancer. My grandma then knew it was my grandpa. The dancer was me he was talking about. The lady told... Oh, I'm smiling so hard right now. (laughs) The lady told my grandma that my grandpa wanted to say he was very proud of us. It's the first time he's ever been said... It's ever been... It's the first time it's ever been said directly, and I cried when my grandma told me. Then a huge thing happened. My aunt was cleaning out her basement when suddenly she got a call on FaceTime. She saw it was my grandpa's ID. She found it weird, but answered anyways. There was my grandpa in his favorite armchair in front of the TV at home. He was smiling, and my aunt got so shocked she accidentally hung up. What the hell? (laughs) A FaceTime from a ghost. She sent a picture of the call history and everything. His number should have been erased from the system, and we all try. And when we all try to call it, it says the number doesn't exist. My brother had gotten his phone, and when he got a new phone, I got that phone. When I started using it, it instantly started glitching weirdly. When I try to show people, it stops. There's probably an explanation for that, but it's still weird to me. Nothing has been so severe since, except just except once. Ex- Sorry, I'm, like, having trouble talking today. Nothing has ever been so severe since except once a year ago. I suddenly woke up at 4 a.m. and just caught the fact that a basket of my grandpa's belongings I keep in my room completely flipped and spilled all of its contents. I had gotten kind of scared, but not a lot. I was just staring at the basket for a couple of minutes, then went to pick the stuff up and went to bed again. This is the end of my story, of this story, though. It might not be much but all of the paranormal experiences i have read of i think this one is much more happy and lighthearted. actually i've been holding back tears the whole time i've been writing this but my grandpa is right behind me with a hand on my shoulder as comfort i can feel it Aww. also i'm determined not to let this fresh face of makeup get ruined but i must go now me and my brothers are meeting up with my dad and my younger brother soon goodbye oh that's so sweet i know and um, they correct me if I'm wrong, but in the beginning, was she describing the grandfather as someone that, like, really didn't show how proud he was or show his love? Yeah. Okay. So he was really kind of a neutral guy, you know, didn't really express much. And now, like, from the afterlife, he's using that to kind of show his love and be kind of like a, like a touchy-feely, you know, sweet, That's you know, so mushy sweet. guy. But I always feel like it's, like, those type of people that, like, they, you know, they're all, oh, oh, that's just a grumpy old man. But I always feel like those are the type of people that just went through stuff, and but they have like the biggest hearts. Yeah, you just have to kind of like exactly. break through that, break through that wall. Yeah. All right, one or two. One. All right. This is titled "Am I Bound to a Spirit Slash Entity?" 
Uh, disclaimer, I'm a very white female who tried contacting native deities when I was a teenager. I now realize that's an incredibly bad idea for many reasons. I'll start this at the beginning. I'm a, a non-denominational witch and practice much less than I used to. I'm 21 now, and when I was a younger teen, 15 to 17-ish, I was not careful with my practice. I regularly used a Ouija board with some incredibly intense experiences here and there, including the planchette being moved across the room in front of our eyes by an entity that described itself as a demon. One oh of the stupidest things I've ever did was when I was a junior in high school, my boyfriend was around 16, he was Puerto Rican but claimed to be part Navajo in the same way that a lot of people say they're 164th Cherokee. Basically, it's not <laughs> that at all tree, true. It's just some sort of family inside joke that he took serious for some reason. During this era of my life, messing with the Ouija board and dating this guy, I contacted a spirit accidentally who gave me and him both such malevolent energy that I felt as though I had to do something drastic and serious to banish him. The spirit seemed jealous of my boyfriend, and although he was not a generally a spiritual person, he ended up telling me he felt frightened by this ent entity's energy. Of course, I was very young and very ill-prepared, so my dumbass decided that since my boyfriend claimed to be part Navajo, it would be appropriate and helpful to try to commune with the Navajo trickster deity, Coyote, <laughs> to get this malevolent spirit to quit pestering my boyfriend and I. I set up an altar with tobacco, strong black tea, candles, etc., and prayed to the spirit for protection. Over the course of less than an hour, a few things happened. One, I knew that this deity was a trickster, so I specifically, again stupid, asked this deity not to put any cockroaches near me because I was terrified them at the time. I returned to my room to find a huge cockroach on my wall. I hadn't seen one for years oh, before God. that and didn't see one again for years after as they are very rare at the house I was living at. Two, after leaving the room and returning, I found that the mug I had used for the tea offering was cracked and dribbling tea onto the altar. It hadn't been moved. It was just broken. The spirit that was bothering us seemed to dissipate after that. Fast forward several years, I was 18 and had recently moved out for the first time. At this point, I had what seemed to be a psychotic break, believing that Coyote had come back and wanted me to be a vessel for him. I believed that I was a tool of him and other trickster gods. I lost about 20 pounds over the course of two months and became sick and unstable. Fast forward again to the past few years. I'm doing much better, still spiritual and believe in higher powers, but no longer believe any of that stuff and overall recognize how stupid I was to mess with things I didn't understand. <laughs> However, several months ago during a family vacation, I had a dream that where the same spirit, the one I'd previously believed to be Coyote, was in the form of a human man about my age. He was spending time with me and my group of friends and appeared to be attracted to me, though he didn't say very much. At one point, he was sitting next to me and put Hate his hand... when that happens. <laughs> <laughs> at one point he was sitting next to me and put his hand on my knee and I felt like really physically felt it the next day I awoke feeling disturbed and unsettled and for the rest of the day I felt as though something was watching me it dissipated after I took a swim in the ocean but it was just a really odd experience overall I have several more experiences like that one since then though I haven't had any more dreams I'm not sure if anyone could offer any advice or opinion on this as I'm sure I sound pretty crazy and possibly super weird my assumption is either that i'm a high functioning crazy person or that this deity is attracted to me somehow and wants to be around me maybe it really is a trickster spirit although i'm not sure it's i'm but i'm sure it's not coyote i'm as i'm very white and had absolutely no business attempting to commune the native deities 
Thanks for reading my very long post, and thanks in advance for any thoughts. See, it's wow. It's so hard to give my honest opinion on what I think this is because I don't really know any of like the native like deities or spirits or yeah i don't know the history no i'm not familiar with it but this is why you're always careful with witchcraft always always and if it's like a culture that you didn't grow up around it's always it's always good to learn about different cultures and like what people practice but like do your research a little more and maybe do it with someone that may know a little more than you that like (laughs) you're not completely fucking it up on your own just saying yeah, I, don't, I just, I mean, I personally would never mess around with Native American practices just because I feel like there's such history behind it. And yeah, hell I, no. I do believe that there is some truth behind what they practice. I mean, you had medicine healers and, you know, people like that. And I don't know, just like the history behind it intrigues me, but I would never practice it alone, ever. No shot. I agree. No shot. All right. Yeah. What's I would your... like fit in on it. Oh, for expert. sure. Oh, yeah. I would. I would love to see how it works, but I would never just Google search it and do it myself. You'd be fucking nuts. <laughs> All right. Um, what's your last story, Lil? Okay. This one is called the House of Evil. Ooh. Did we do this one? I don't believe so. Okay. Long time, actually, no, it's not. So what I've been doing is I just go to the top page of r slash paranormal and read, like, the freshest stories that I can find. Smart, smart. So this one is probably only a couple hours old. Okay, okay. so we're good. Long time lurker here, occasional commenter. I apologize in advance for the mini novella. <laughs> Let me preface this by saying that this wasn't actually my first paranormal experience. Also, for clarity's sake, I'm an only child. I remember when I was somewhere between the ages of 8 and 10, There were two separate occasions where I was downstairs in my family's apartment by myself late at night to get a drink of water when a table fan we had at the time turned itself on full blast for no reason with no one who could have turned it on. Startled, I turned it off and went back upstairs, a little shaken, but no worse for wear. And nothing else happened. Those were my first obvious experiences. Looking back, I've had a few other experiences, but just stuff like having a gut feeling dislike for certain people who years later... I was old enough to understand. I found out we're pretty awful people. Recurring dreams slash nightmares, that kind of stuff. Then we moved into the house. It was late May. I was 10. I'd turn 11 in December. Hey, December baby. Okay. Um, It was a nice house, much bigger than our apartment, with a property and a barn. Room enough for us and all our farm animals. It was an uneventful summer and fall. I went to school, church with my mom, normal stuff. I turned 11 in December. I also hit puberty a couple weeks later. I include this only because it's been noted time and time again that the onset of puberty can exacerbate gifts as well as the prevalence of paranormal occurrences. At the beginning of January, my dad died very suddenly. I'm not going to go into great detail, but basically he died from a massive blood clot that severed his brainstem. Uh, He collapsed and was rushed to the hospital on a Saturday and was pronounced dead on Sunday. The next year or so was fraught with grief, turmoil, and depression. My mother drew away from me, sinking into her own depression. I struggled with school, all the things one would expect from such a sudden loss. I also started questioning religion. Up to that point, I had been a normal, happy Christian girl. Now that... Now I started to question how a God that is supposed to be so loving and caring could let such a monstrous thing happen. 
Eventually, I turned to to Satanism, but not true hedonistic, anarchistic Satanism. I practiced it with, like people see in movies, with sacrifices. Now, being a 12-year-old animal-loving girl, I couldn't bring myself to kill, so I did the next best thing in my adolescent thinking. I cut off chunks of my own hair and burnt them. Oh, that's safer. Yeah, totally. What can go wrong? What could possibly go wrong? I also started, okay, I also started self-harm and burning the blood. Uh, As an adult who now falls somewhere between the line of pagan and Wiccan, I realized in hindsight that what a terribly stupid and powerful thing this was to do. But as a preteen, I just thought I was being, quote, cool. (laughs) Not long after I started practicing my own brand of Satanism, stuff started to happen. At first, it was little stuff, like occasionally hearing whispering voices outside my windows at night. This eventually evolved into not being able to be outside at night without feeling like something was right behind or beside me about to grab me. I couldn't go out to the barn after dark without having to run at a full sprint, slam my back against the side while I opened the small door and reach inside blindly to turn the lights on. I just knew that if I didn't have my back against something, I'd be grabbed. I don't know how I knew, but I did. I couldn't shower after dark without feeling like something was watching me from the window. This eventually got to the point where I felt like something was standing behind me in the shower. I'd hear, oh my God, can you hear my stomach growling? Yeah, I heard that. <laughs> Is the mic picking it up? <laughs> I'd hear whispering inside this house, inside the house at night once in a while. I'd occasionally see multiple sets of little red, tiny little red eyes watching me from the bushes across the lawn from my window. They wouldn't even blink. One night, I had my curtains open and I was burning candles on a bookshelf while I talked with my with my boyfriend at the time on the phone. All the other lights were off in my room. I, I could clearly see the reflection of the row of candles in the window glass. I was lost in conversation with my boyfriend when I glanced up at the window and saw several inches above the row of candle reflections two perfectly round balls of flame, like two eyes looking in from outside. Needless to say, I screamed and fled my room. My boyfriend was pretty confused, even after I explained to him what I had seen. When And when I went back in my room to investigate, the flaming eyes were gone. Now, the house we lived in was old enough to have a very deep foundation, so to have been looking in my window at that height, whatever it was, had to have been around seven feet tall. Jesus Christ, that's terrifying. Imagine that. Somewhere in amongst all that happening, I also started occasionally dreaming, even daydreaming, about a dead little blonde girl in the attic slash crawl space. I climbed up there and no trace of anything but wrapped droppings could be found. One night, I woke up in the middle of the night and there were all kinds of crazy glow-in-the-dark scribbling all over the wall beside my bed. I wish I'd given myself a chance to see if I could read what it said, but I was so freaked out that I turned the lights on and kept the rest of of the and slept and kept them on and slept the rest of the nights with them on. Sorry, that was weird. <laughs> By the next night, the glow in the dark stuff was gone. During this period of three years, my mother's behavior had been changing some too. She was distant and very critical of me. She was slowly getting more and more mean towards our farm animals, even getting to point of screaming at them for no reason and hitting them on a few occasions very out of character for her all right 
I was having rather frequent bouts of sleep paralysis during this whole time too, not seeing things, just waking up paralyzed. And the only thing I could do to get out of it was to calm myself enough to doze back and wake up properly. Hmm. The last night we stayed there before moving was the scariest though. I had laid down to go to sleep. The lights were off. I was getting comfy. I heard some footsteps in the hallway, but figured it was my mom getting up to get something to drink or something. I even called out softly, but got no answer and figured that she was just sleepy and didn't feel like answering. A little while later, I heard my door, which I left open a bit, creak open some more, but figured it was one of my cats coming in to share my bed. I even heard some shuffling around on the floor like one of my cats, but no cat jumped on my bed. So I figured I'd roll over and turn the light on to see which kitty it was and invite them for cuddles. I didn't get as far as turning the light on. Standing in front of my closet doors, a mere four to five feet away from me, was a shadow person. I'm, I've done research since then, and it was Hat Man. We need to look at the Hat Man. Is Hat but Man I had, like what I no, experienced? Where, like, you see a shadow, oh, but it, like, has, like, a hat in the... Oh, I'm looking it up now. Oh, my God. Okay, yeah, look it up. Okay, I'm going to keep reading, though. Yeah, yeah. But I had no idea what, uh, at the time, what the thing was. All I knew was I was intensely afraid of it, more afraid than I had ever been in my life. I flew off of my bed and out of my room into my mom's room across the hall. I don't think my feet even touched the ground. (laughs) Apparently, she had been fast asleep since she laid down, so there was no way the footsteps in the hall from earlier had even been her. We went into my room, turning lights on as we went, but there was nothing there anymore. But I did end up sleeping in her bed with her for the rest of the night. I found out from her that night that when we first moved into that house, she got such a negative feeling from it that before she would finish moving our stuff in, she got several ladies from her church to come and pray and bless each room. I also found out that she had the feel that she had had the feeling of being watched from her bedroom doorway at night for months before my dad had died. To this day, my mother and I believe that we, if we'd never moved there, he'd probably still be with us. Oh, that's oh, a lot that's, to carry with yeah. you. I have never gone back to that house, and I never plan to. I still live in the same general area, a few towns over, and whenever I have to drive anywhere near it, I get a sinking, somewhat fearful feeling in my gut. It's been almost 20 years since we moved away from there. We moved when I was 14, and I'm now 32. I've had a few more normal paranormal ex- I've had a few more normal paranormal encounters since then, but nothing like the evil in that house. Occasionally, I even have vivid, realistic nightmares about living there again or going back for any reason. The last time I had one of my nightmares was at about that house was re- as recently as two years ago. Nowadays, I've armed myself with protection spells, smudging and sealing. And I even wear obsidian plugs in my stretched ears. I'm, I know some of you won't believe me, and I don't blame you. I say I stay as skeptical as possible myself, but I know these things happen to me. I felt, heard, saw these things. They happened. Wow. And that's it. That's, that's yeah, that's just yeah. it. That's a whole fucking movie right there. Like, the It amount, really is. The amount of stuff going on. But I, I don't... I feel like going so far to say, like, oh, this person would still be here if it weren't for this house. I mean, 
that's a lot to carry with you. I think that, like, if you keep those thoughts in your head, like, if you think what if or, like, put it on yourself, you're just going to make yourself go crazy. Like, you can't do that. Yeah. So I don't agree fully with that part, but, like, everything else that's going on in there, yeah. And how old is this person now? 32. And when did it start? Um, They moved when, uh, so it said uh, 14. Wow. So, like, all these years and still being able to... still have all those thoughts with you and to have those nightmares and dreams and stuff. Yeah. It's nuts. So, I looked up the hat man, and it's crazy because they have, like, Mm -hmm. a picture, like, a drawing that someone, like, kind of did. I don't know if you could see it. But that kind of looks like the picture that I had. Um, But... The Patman is said to have had a solid outline in contrast to wispy shadow people. Um, some people report him in old-timey clothes, a long trench coat or cape, um, mm-hmm. usually a top hat, fedora, or gaucho hat, like I've experienced. Um, the Hatman sometimes carries a gold wa- uh, pocket watch that he'll occasionally look at, which suggests that he'll be sticking around long enough to be curious about the time. Um, some have seen him with red eyes, other report a featureless dark face, which is what I have seen. He's always tall, six feet at minimum, more often eight to ten feet. Um, I've seen him at, like, probably a little over six foot. Um, what he does, the majority of times he comes to people in some phase of sleeping, falling, sleeping, waking up, but he's always been seen awake. I've seen him fully awake myself. I, I was in bed, but, like, I was up, just, like, happened to look up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, he mostly just watches um, and puts out a super malicious presence. Like I said, in my experience, I've never felt scared around him. Mm-hmm. Um, it's said that you can feel he's completely evil and wants to do you harm. He may put out that scary vibe for a deliberate reason to create fear as his subject. And that um, I guess he could feed off of your fear is pretty much what they're saying. <clears throat> Um, let's see. And then, like, he has two other common methods of viewing his prey, watching through the mirror or sitting watching from the corner, which he, it was weird now that I'm thinking about it. He was in the corner of my room, but in that corner of my room, I had those closet doors that were, like, w- a glass. So mm-hmm. you could, like, see yourself in them. Oh, so yeah, So yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. it was, like, he was in the corner and also looking through the glass at, back at me. Um... And, yeah, a lot of this stuff really does remind me of, like, what I experienced. Yeah. Some say he's an interdimensional being, a demon, or even the devil himself. The latter theory springs from a story of a German soldier who saw him, asked who he was, and he answered, Scratch. Also in support of this theory is that some have said the invoking name of Jesus gets him to walk and flow out of the door. But my favorite, this writer says, but my favorite theory is that of the hat man is an astral projection, someone traveling outside of their human body to terrorize people without risk of being caught. Oh. I don't know. That's interesting. I would love to maybe do an episode on the hat man itself because it seems like there's actually a lot more information than what I thought there'd be. Yeah. Um, so Let's do it. All right. So my last story is titled Injured Wild Black Cat Demon Thing. Ooh. Lots of taken. What I saw was like a large wild cat, like a panther or black leopard. Its shoulders and head looked normal, but its back half was injured looking, like as it moved, its back legs were dragging behind it. 
I live in Midwest USA, so we don't have large wildcats. This was seen in my own backyard. A bit of backstory, my eight-year-old told me on many occasions she followed. She was followed by a black panther she knew other people couldn't see. I strive to learn how to handle this and how to be supportive. Um, I arrived at the idea it was a spirit guide and it was okay and protective, but then tons of bad luck came for about three months straight. I did a bit more research and learned that a black leopard is a bad omen. Shortly after that, I saw this. Shortly after I saw this, I told my daughter that it might not be a good thing, that it may be bad, and that we needed to pray about it leaving forever, so we did. The next morning, she told me she had one of her strange dreams again. She has regular goofy kid dreams, and she has another kind that look and feel totally different, like someone is showing her something she says. She said men in business suits and black sunglasses pushed her into our house and said she needed to make a choice to go with them or not. She said she was going to go, but saw me crying and decided to stay. Have, since then, have heard no more about black wild cats. Wow. Yeah. It's, uh-huh. So, um... So someone had so I want I was like okay I obviously have to read the comments now to this story because yeah. it was such a short experience but I just I've never heard something like that before so someone I've goes, never heard of a black what was it black uh, it was like leopard a, they, they say black leopard being a bad omen but then the yeah. girl was describing it as a black panther so just like a black cat yeah, like a bigger a big cat. black cat so someone goes Illinois resident here I've read of similar encounters on here over here I've heard them call. Black Panthers by local paranormal authors. Similar to your experience, they seem to appear and disappear at will while leaving next to no evidence behind. Sometimes they're threatening. Other times they actually attack the person. Um, I don't know about um, about the nightmares, but negative entities, demons, appear sometimes as men in suits. Oh, wow. I'm picturing, like, men in black with, like, the brain scanners. Right? I, I was thinking the same exact thing. Um, let's say, um, bu- 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 bum. the scientists that, okay. Then someone else says the scientists have said that big cats aren't around my area of my state anymore due to overhunting development and them just migrating elsewhere. I see large, I see large dark colored big cats a lot where I am. They tell me it's not possible that they aren't here. They never seem to be malevolent, but I give them a wide berth when I see them. I'm not trying to get eaten or mauled. <laughs> that was what someone else said. Um, so, yeah, um, and then this was in Kansas, yeah, this specific encounter happened in Kansas City. Um, so yeah, and this woman or man called the Thick Bog Witch had comments and goes, hey, where did you see this? I'm doing interviews and research about this kind of encounter. So it seems like there are actually a lot of experiences going on, and there's research being done about it. So I just thought that was interesting, um, encounter to end on. So, yeah. All right. So that concludes this episode of Just Ghouly Things, the quarantine spooky story special episode 21. Thank you all so much for listening. And let's go through the socials because I am hungry and I want to eat. (laughs) Yes. All right. Instagram. Just Ghouly Things podcast. Our personal Instagrams at Rebecca Ruber and. At Lily Baldessari. Twitter. JGT podcast. Facebook like page. Just Ghouly Things Podcast. Facebook private group. Just Ghouly Things Podcast group. Donate to our Patreon. 
Just Ghoulie Things Podcast. And if you or someone you know has a paranormal experience that they'd like to share on the show, please email us at justghoulithingspodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, Boo Thangs, and we will talk to Boo tomorrow. Goodbye. Goodbye.